the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. And we are with you. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Bible Live, the quiz show here on the weekend. Uh, Jacob is in his place. I'm in mine. You are in yours. 
So let's get started with our questions. Uh, this coming, this past week in our reading schedule, we read through uh, chapters 3 through 18 of the book of First Kings. Uh, we're moving now. We've just finished a time, a period that we've spent in the New Testament with the Gospel of John, the fourth Gospel uh, of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John we have already read now. Uh, for this year, and now we have returned to the Hebrew scriptures, to the Tanakh, and we have started with uh, the book of First Kings. We started last week through the first three chapters, and now going through chapter 18. So we've got some questions here for you to answer, and um, I'm kind of ex- I'm kind of excited about tonight's reading. There's a there's a chance to talk a little bit about politics, believe it or not. The, uh, you think, well, the, the Bible talks about politics? Well, of course it does. It talks about almost every aspect of human endeavor. Now, I'm not sure if it talks about laser surgery um, or if it talks about some of the advanced technological things, but it... <laughs> uh, excuse me, the board operator just made a face at me, and I'm not quite sure what it meant, but okay. It sounds like a you're thinking of um, plastic surgery, John. That's what you're thinking. I'm thinking of, you know, eye surgery. Uh, my uh, my wife's going to be going in soon for cataract surgery, and I, I've already had that one time in my life. Isn't it amazing what people can do these days? But I won't chase that rabbit. I'll just stay in the saddle here with the book of First Kings, and we'll be talking a little bit about politics because the uh, <clears throat> the book of First Kings, I think. It, both first and second Samuel now, and now as we move into the book of Kings, this is all about the the kings of Israel in the north, the northern kingdom. Now they haven't divided yet. We're still talking about Solomon here. Are you staying in the saddle? Staying in the saddle. That's that's. Would you like to hear my John Wayne impersonation? Oh, I I'm afraid. Do you think is there any way to get out of this, John? <laughs> Well, the quicker we do it, the quicker it's over. <laughs> okay, it's fine. All right, let's do it. Pull it's it about, out. It's about staying in the saddle. It's like pulling a tooth, it's right? Like, well, as John Wayne said, as he sat in his saddle, it sure is getting lonesome up here in the saddle since my horse died. <laughs> okay, that was it. Uh, where's where's our little rim shot? We need the something to happen at that point. That was a. Uh, Rather mellow. We could do it again, and we can do a better rim shot for you. But anyway, uh, that's Jacob's contribution to our opening this. Okay, evening. I'm going home now. All right, you, you, he brought in some macaroons, uh, the traditional dessert from the Passover dinner, right? It is. Yes. Okay. This week is the week of unleavened bread. <clears throat> unleavened bread? No, uh, unleavened. Oh, okay. All right. Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> Eleven, uh, unleaven. It's the opposite of eleven. It's yes. And I unleavened. did a I did a seder uh, down in the valley, and I'm going to say that uh, I'm guessing that the folks that attended the seder are still mulling over their thoughts and impressions. <laughs> well, I would imagine so. I'm I'm actually more certain of that than than uh, you might you might think. Uh, we are going to continue through 1 Kings chapter 3 through 18 tonight. We have some questions. We read Psalms 68 through 69. So let me put out a few questions there from the Psalms. And Jacob, as always, helps us, uh, particularly in the Hebrew Scriptures, he t- picks out some questions from our readings 
in the book of First Kings. Uh, before we get to that, are you in a agreement a little bit about, or at least are we in agreement about First Kings? Now, this is a, it was written, I think, traditionally thought to have been written by Samuel, right? Uh, that's the understanding. The history of the, the kings of, uh, starting with Saul, Samuel, of course, um, anointed the first king of Israel, Saul, and then he also anointed David as a, as a young person, but David had to wait 25 years to uh, come into his own, to come into that position as king of Israel. And then now he that was the golden age of Israel, the, the reign of King David. And then he handed over this wealthy, influential, powerful uh, nation that had become, Israel had become, to his son Solomon, his son by Bathsheba. And so <clears throat> Solomon then takes it. We read uh, earlier, last week we talked about his dream and how he asked God for wisdom. And uh, you gave us uh, that, that continual, that consistent insight that the Jewish people have of wisdom and understanding. They're very different things. Those are the two areas that Jacob, uh, you... You have really helped You're not me. Not going to say I'm beating a dead horse. Are you? No, no, nothing no. about the saddle. Yeah, you're beating a dead horse. Okay, okay. Right. But I'm learning. I'm kind of getting it about wisdom and understanding. And the other thing is about uh, sin, iniquity, and transgressions. I'm, uh-huh. be- I'm beginning to kind of capture the idea. I even okay. share. You just keep doing. God will straighten you out. Yeah, uh, he'll get me straight one of these times. But I'm beginning to kind of get the idea. And I even shared it with uh, some of the folks. We. We one of the lessons we teach out at Lackland Air Force Base with our basic trainees is has to do with uh, how to experience our cleansing and our forgiveness in the Lord that He's given to us. And I, I talked a little bit about the Jewish perspective of of sin, and you know we just kind of lump it all together. It's all sin, but this you kind of fine tune, uh, you, you separate the different aspects. Of what is it? Uh, in, unintentional, intentional, and sins against God. Right. That's basically correct. Yeah. And and that's one reason in our culture we use the word sin, as you say, to cover just everything, intentional, against God, against people, against anything. Whether it's negligence, intention, we use the word sin to cover everything. Technically, and I see, the reason I like the technicalities is it helps me focus my mind on what it is I'm supposed to understand. For example, sin is really unintentional. Iniquity is intentional against your fellow human being. Transgression is against God. All right. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of, at first I resisted those. I rebelled a little against, against the idea of yeah. categorizing you everything. My, I think it mainly from my very own Solomon. <clears throat> mainly it was from laziness yeah. <laughs> than anything else. I'm just too lazy to categorize all my uh, mistakes uh, and, and a little bit of Well, I ego, was always maybe. told... Uh, Fuzzy thinking leads to fuzzy answers. Well, that's, that, that is true for sure. But anyway, we can talk about that in the context here of Solomon. I don't know why they said Solomon. that to me. I don't know why anyone <laughs> would say that to you. A totally unnecessary, wasted breath. Uh, but we do have wisdom and we have understanding. We can talk about those tonight in the book of First Kings. In the, in the life of Solomon now, this fellow who takes off and he starts well. He starts off, it seemingly has a good start. Everything's going his way. He's given a, uh, it's kind of like Donald, Donald Trump. His dad gave him a $4 million inheritance. And, you know, not everybody gets that kind of a. How much? Well, I heard $4 million, but I've heard different you amounts. Sure it wasn't 400 
$400 million. Oh, I don't know, okay. really. Whatever it was, he had a good start. He had a good start, and but he had Solomon good opportunity. supposed to be king? That's my question to you. Uh, yeah, is is the Donald supposed to become the king? That's going to be... Uh, well, he's trumping everybody. <clears throat> yeah. And we can talk about politics tonight, folks. We can talk a little bit about um, what was God's intent, what was God's design for human government, and some of the principles that our founding fathers got from the Scriptures. A lot of people don't know that the, the primary or main um, source for a lot of the writings from our early... Our founding fathers of our country was the Bible. They they leaned heavily on biblical principles and biblical understanding of human nature and so on. And when they came up with this uh, this incredible constitution and this incredible experiment in represent, uh, representative republic that we have, so we can talk a little bit about those things today because they're particularly because of their their part of what we're reading, what we're um, seeing take place in the nation of Israel uh, during the time of the kings. So gives, you can give us a call anytime this this next, uh, I was going to say 90 minutes, but I guess we're down to 75 now. Give us a call at 340-9585. I was writing that down. Would you say that number again so I can write it on there? I will. 340-9585. Give uh, us a call. We're We'd love to hear from you. start giving presents out again. Three forty ninety five eighty five. Is that you want to hear it again? No, no. I say, are we going to start giving presents for callers again? No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> we are still in the throes of transition. I, I hate to say that. I keep saying that, but we are trying to move over our our entire operation to the internet uh, so that you can go there. And and and, and as soon as we can kind of get our ducks in a row, we'll be uh, repeating, getting back into the practice of. Giving a little gift, giving a little reward for those who call in and answer. Right now, you, the only reward is the thrill of talking to Jacob, uh-huh. and uh, the and the thrill of, of getting into the scriptures and uh, learning. I, and I growing. would like the Mexican restaurant back, please. You would like that uh, yes. for and, sure. And the oil change, and, yeah. And the cleaning is always good. the dry cleaning. Is you know, we used really to helpful. give cleaning. We used to give an oil change, and we used to give dinner at a Mexican restaurant. And almost nobody lost. There was, what, one loser in years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple of losers over a lot of years. But we'll get back to it, Jacob. I, I, you'll see. You'll see. It'll happen. We'll get back to it. But uh, you can give us a call if you'd like. Answer these questions or ask your own question about the Bible, about God, about the whole idea of this crazy idea of a human being knowing and experiencing God in his life and walking with God. Uh, throughout his life, what a, what an amazing concept! Uh, you can give us a call and, and talk about any of that tonight on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Uh, these are your questions from the Psalms, from Psalm sixty-eight. Now you may correct my my lesson here of geography, <clears throat> but oh. Um, no, I'll, I won't ask the geography question. I'll start with it. Psalm 68 begins with the words that I shouted when Israel started the journey from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land. Uh, the words I shouted when Israel began their journey from Mount Sinai up to Cana, up to the Promised Land. Who am I? All right, one of those who am I questions. Psalm 68 begins with his words. Who is this person? 
And then this question from Psalm um, 69, verse 9. Psalm 69, verse 9. Okay. To whom in the New Testament was Psalm 69, 9 applied when he displayed zeal for the house of God? Didn't we talk about that? We talked about that when we were in, I believe, in the uh, Gospel of John, right? Oh, the, we talk about it all the time. That particular experience. Uh, to whom in the New Testament was Psalm 69.9 applied when he displayed zeal for the house of God? All right, you can answer that question. Give us a call, 340-9585. You want to go ahead and take a call first? Or put well, out your... There's a guy named Lee on the phone. I L- think we should talk to Lee. Let's do it. Let's put Lee on the phone here. And let me see, i got to get the right number, right button. Lee, how are you this evening? I am blessed. I'm breathing. We're glad to hear from you, man. Thank you for calling hey, in. Good. I'm what glad to call in, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I, I, As you know, I, I love American history, and this is a time now for primaries, and uh, we've been chosen as delegates to the GOB convention. And one of the questions I love to ask people is, what scripture did the founders use to give us the three branches of government? Do you guys know that answer? I, I'm eager to hear you give us the answer. I, okay. I think I might okay. have heard. I think I might know it. Is is it is from the uh, is it from the Book of Kings? No, sir. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take it. Oh, here we go. Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two. Say again. For the Lord is our judge. Say again. That would be your Supreme Court. The Lord is our lawgiver. That's our Congress. And the Lord is our king, and that is the president. And the rest of the verse says he will save us. Uh, The founders were so immersed in Scripture, the majority of them. They didn't have the distractions we have today. And so they they gleaned these wonderful principles uh, out of Scripture. And I'm I'm afraid we've forgotten some of our roots. So I wanted to share that and hope it encourages people to realize that we are, in fact, a biblical, Christ-centered country. What was that address again for that verse? Uh, it is Isaiah thirty-three, twenty-two. The Lord is our judge, he is our lawgiver, and he is our king. Yes, sir. And he goes on to talk about him he being our salvation or and saving us. Well, yes. That's great. I did not know that. I, I, um, I, I knew more about the idea of limited government. I know that God warned... In the book of Samuel, we see Samuel warning. Even Moses, years years before, uh, warned the people of Israel about a king and about a strong, powerful central government. Uh, I know that Samuel warned them about a king, but they had to have a king. We all the other people have a king. We want, and so there are these warnings that were given about the more powerful central government. That, that he would tax you, he would take your children, send them to war, he would take your crops and your well-being, and so on and so on, and and um, just talked about, warned the people about that powerful central government. And I, I think that's where the checks and balances on on government, between the three branches of government that you just shared with us, um, a lot of that came about because of their understanding of of human nature, the sin nature, the, the irresistible, irrevocable tendency to selfishness and sin, even among leaders. So we need right. checks and balances on their power, on their authority. And, yeah. uh, a good, great a good reference that I have found uh, is uh, David Barton's wallbuilders.com. Oh, yeah. uh, if you have any question or anyone has any question 
for example, about separation of church and state, what it really means. I, that that particular website, and I'm sure you know it, oh. has um, just an amazing uh, references and, and truth. We were able to meet David Barton in the Rotunda in Washington, D.C., and he and his daughter were giving a tour of the oh, five man. paintings that's there. Be, that's got to be an amazing tour. Oh, it was incredible. So full of information about our founding fathers. It's on DVD, by the way. Oh, is it there uh, on, on that website? Yes, sir. And it's called wallbuilders.com? Yes, sir. Wallbuilders.com. I, yeah. I, I've known David for many years. We Actually, I figured. when he was just getting started, we brought him to San Antonio and had him speak uh, early, early on in his work. And in, in, uh, uh, I would definitely call it a ministry. He is a very powerful uh, source of great information about our founding fathers, about our nation, the Constitution. I just, uh, just a magnificent uh, individual and very, very intelligent. I, I hope people will look up David Barton, B-A-R-T-O-N, and go to wallbuilders.com. You will find, as Lee says, some tremendous resource there. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you calling you in. You're welcome, sir. Good to hear from you. God bless. Same here. and God bless you guys. Thanks hey, for hey, being hey, on the radio. Yeah. You're an encouragement. Tell me one other thing. Yes, sir. Give us some wisdom about you and your thinking about today. Now, what 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 does what did what does today's mess remind you of? Is there any particular biblical era that you would say, "Wow, this looks like King"? What's it, I mean, what we're, the mess we're into with the you know the Democrats and the Republicans kind of being confused and not knowing and Donald and and Hillary and then we've got this avowed avowed uh, socialist running in the so you know I mean. Uh, Self-defined, self-called uh, uh, socialist. What what wisdom would you bring to this year? What are you thinking? What's going on? Well, uh, I think that uh, the unfortunate thing among us as believers is that we have folks that that think that uh, not voting and not participating, not being a candidate, uh, is biblical, and it's not. Uh, I heard one pastor the other day say, that if you're not voting, you're committing sin. And he used a verse in James and, of course, Romans 13. Uh, I think that we as a, a, a body, we need to educate ourselves. Uh, that has been a challenge in my life. Uh, for example, uh, how much do we really know about global warming? How much do we really know about uh, the immigration issue? Uh, and do they and do these truths align with scripture and do they align with uh, what a particular candidate is espousing? I think we've gotten away from using scripture to test a candidate's character. I think you're right. Uh, there. For example, we have a, a, a young man uh, that's running, that's a member of our church that's running for uh, mayor uh, of a local town. I don't know if you want me to mention it or not, but. Uh, a very godly man, and he understands scripture, and he understands the principle of of uh, citizenship. Feel free to mention names and towns because oh, okay. Well, Adam Saylor, and I would ask the folks to pray for him. He's running for UC mayor. Uh-huh. A godly man. He's uh, bless his heart. He's a veteran, 100 percent disabled, but he uh, he gets around well, and uh, he is a man of God. He knows the word of God. And so when these issues come up, uh, do we study them? For example, I watched the other day a great uh, 
documentary from Truths That Transform, I'm sure we all remember Dr. D. James Kennedy, sure. in which he has some very high-ranking scientists from NASA explain uh, away the fact that uh, we are being lied to about global warming. Oh, yeah. uh, if you look at the use of CO2 in the respiration cycle and photosynthesis, you know that we need CO2. Uh, that's just one point there. But I would just recommend that uh, we carefully uh, make a commitment to vote and to research and to, uh, you know, for example, have how many people have heard Ted Cruz's testimony? Yeah. I, I, I sense that, that that was very genuine. Uh, and, if frankly, if you dig into the founding fathers, now my mother was a mather, and she goes way back to Richard and Increase and Cotton. Uh, one, one of them stopped the uh, Salem witch trials. Uh, but if you if you go back into history and and find out the principles upon which the country was founded, read the Constitution and understand what's going on. I think one of the problems today, and, and frankly, we tried to get this changed at our local precinct meeting, is early voting. Uh, I already know that there's uh, at least one person in Florida uh, who um, has developed software to change votes with this electronic voting system. And we, we know that there's, there's the, the early voting gives a tendency for corruption. So I would, I would just ask... Go ahead, go ahead, Lee. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's no problem. I, I, um, I don't want to hog the air here, but I, I just would encourage people uh, to to learn the history of their country, on, particularly on a we- website like uh, uh, Wall Builders. Uh, some of our homeschoolers accept this, by the way, uh, and watch some of the informative di- videos that he has and, and some other reputable sources. Thanks, Lee, so much for that. Uh, we love. We got to take our quick break. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. You can join us as well. Doctor Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop fourteen and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family. That's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past twenty five years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to the Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it took us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. 
Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Second Corinthians 4.15. All this is for your benefit. Focus on the family's biblical advice benefits your life so that the grace that is reaching more and more people, it's advice that helps more and more families thrive. May cause Thanksgiving to overflow. Advice that will make you thankful too. To the glory. To the glory of God. Mornings at 7.30 and evenings at 7. Focus on the family. Only on AM 630 KSLR. Get your daily devotional, podcasts of your favorite programs, station and community events, and featured articles on a number of issues Christians need to know about. All in one place. KSLR.com. That's KSLR.com. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And Jacob. And Jacob. And Jacob. Nobody ever mentions nobody me. Nobody ever I don't mentions know why. Jacob. We've yeah. got to change that yeah, up. That's Welcome been, back to the Bible it's Live Quiz Show. Jacob is here. What's and the let's hurry? see, is Lee, are you hanging on with us still? I didn't know. Uh, I got my hand in the strap. You are so great for doing that. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. We, I have a question We had to jump Lee. out quickly out for the break, but we're glad you're still there. We I were have talking. a question for Lee. And we did want the name of the person, that, that, that candidate for the UC mayor. Yes. Adam Salyer. S-A-L-Y-E-R. He thought, thought you said, said Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Forgive me. No, I'm sure Salyer. I thought maybe he was joking, but Adam Salyer. All right. Do you have yes, sir. I do. Hello, Lee. Jacob how has are another you? question for you. Hey, Jacob. You probably know him anyways. Sure. Well, here's the question. You're uh, cutting in and out. I can't hear. You can't hear me? Stay in the mic. You stay, can you hear me, Lee? Oh, I can now, Jacob. Uh-huh. Okay. At any rate, here's a question for you. Um, you uh, since uh, you're talking about law giving, you know the name of the mountain, of course, that the laws were given at, right? Yeah, Horeb. Whoa! Oh, no, I'm no, sorry. No, where the laws were given, not not. Oh, I, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Lee, Lee knows more yes, than we're giving him credit for. You know, <laughs> my, my wife just said I'm getting old. Mount Sinai. Well, no, no, Lee, Lee, I got to tell you something. It did Jacob Mount Sinai. <laughs> But, it did become Mount Sinai. but before it was Mount Sinai, Lee, you're actually right. It was Horev. Thank you. They had the same mountain. <laughs> they had the same mountain. Now, Lee. Okay. And you know yes. what Mount Horev, what Horev means, right? I've always been impressed with the idea that it meant sword, right? It, it does mean sword. Mount. And why does it mean sword? What was delivered at the at became Mount Sinai, but a sword. And why is it a sword? Because it's got. 
two edges. You recognize this from an adaptation in the New Testament? The book of but Hebrews. that's what it's referring Hebrews, to. Hebrews, right. Yeah, Hebrews 4.12. Uh-huh. Well, what it's referring to is Mount Horeb is where, the, as you said, Lee, actually that's the original name, where the laws are given. And it's two edged because it's what you shall do and what you shall not do. Interesting. And when it became Sinai, if you look closely, of course, it's the name Sin. And then you put the first pronounceable syllable of God's name on the end, it becomes Sinai. Sinai. Wow. Dealing with sin, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, he, t- he could turn sin by his name. Anyway, so that is true. Lee's 100% right. Excellent, Lee. Thanks for calling in and giving us a... You're welcome. What are you recommending finally? And I don't want to put you on the spot. If you're uncomfortable with it, don't. You don't need to say anything at all, but I get it then that you are basically, as most Texans, I think, seem to be, uh, supportive of, of our man Ted, uh, and he'd make a great president, no doubt about it, but the, of course the media and the culture has done a hatchet job on him, like terrible things, and uh, so what's what's going on now? What do you project and think might be, obviously it looks on, like our man uh, Trump is uh, on his way to the nomination, either... Getting by getting in. You might say you might say he's cruising. Trump is cruising. Trump is cruising. There you go. And he, Very good, Jacob. Very good. Who writes your material? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Nobody. That's the problem, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, now tell us what what are you thinking? What's going to happen? And well, first of all, we need to remember that, as you mentioned earlier, that we are a constitutional representative republic. Yeah. Uh, the word democracy uh, was uh, dismissed by the founding fathers. They called it a mobocracy, where you know 51% could decide that uh, we're going to get rid of everybody that drives a blue, a blue Cadillac today. You know, the majority rules. But that's not what the founding fathers had in mind. So I would like to look at someone who's very closely uh, adhering to the Constitution. And as far as I know, a 14-year-old Ted Cruz had it read, maybe even memorized. Uh, and, but the main thing is um, we need to look behind the scenes and research a person's character. What's been going on in their private life? Uh, I mean, there's a candidate running right now that's a, that is a five-time felon. Uh, that's on the books. I can't, you know, I'm not fabricating that. So what, why don't we research the candidates instead of polls? Presidential candidate? There is a presidential candidate that is a five-time felon. To Hillary Clinton. Well, I thought he was talking about you or me, Soapy. (laughs) I'm not running. Are you running? No, no, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, if you look at the if you look at the information, uh, yeah. that's why there's rumblings going on now in Congress about that. Well, there's a great deal of uh, oh, I, I don't know about a great deal. I, I I think we're trying to ignore it, but at the same time, it's the elephant that we can't ignore in the room that she's she's got this this terrible problem with these emails and using a private server yeah. as secretary yeah. of the state yeah but i got a zinger for both of you and so i got a zinger for both of you okay. uh, soapy leah you all prepared yeah i'm uh, a zinger there is nothing in the constitution that prohibits a felon from being president how about that all right well okay 
So, but I don't think well, he was saying that she should. No, no, okay. Well, that, he's saying she's a five-time felon, and, and indeed, and indeed, it does appear to most people that she would be guilty of that. However, you uh, would think that would disqualify her. Actually, why would you think so? Where he's talking about constitution is not in the constitution. I know, I get it. Well, I'd have to relook at. You could be right. Uh, uh, I guess don't. I don't think the founding fathers ever ever predicted or thought. That well, we actually, would. there was a guy elected to Congress from uh, Nevada who was a convicted felon, uh-huh. and so. But actually, not my fault. Huh? What's that? It's not my fault. Most people wait till they get to Congress to become <laughs> felons. But, uh, That's correct. I'm sorry. I, had to, I could not have. Well, I just think that guy demonstrated his worthiness for the job before he got there. <laughs> okay, I understand. You're having fun with it, I'm telling you. But so you're you're basically uh, I, I I but you don't know you don't you wouldn't venture a guess as to what's going to happen. Once they get up well, my, my prayers are that God would restore us to the Constitution yeah. and the Bible and Christ. And as far as I can see in my research, that uh, for me uh, and my family, that Ted Cruz has, has the qualifications yeah. to be uh, an excellent president. Um, That's what else do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah. But I can't, it's just so hard to tell what, we are so obsessed now with this idea of uh, majority rule and, and of course, all these accusations about the the system is rigged and fixed and all. I mean, everything is getting muddied and everything is, it's just, uh, it seems like we've gone crazy. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like someone said that if you're, don't criticize unless you're involved. Do you vote? Do you go to your precinct meetings? Do you uh, ask to be made a delegate to the GOP or, you know, the conventions? Are you part of the system? Lee, did you say you are a delegate? Yes, sir. From my life and I were selected delegates you for this. You haven't had any death uh, threats or calls, have you? I've been hearing that some people have... It's gotten so intense, this... People no, unfortunately not. Oh, great, great. Well, it's, it's going to be intense. So you're going to go to Cincinnati and be part of the mix there, right? Only, all, 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 we'll have to see what happens at the state. The state convention is coming up here shortly next month. I see. And then it goes from there. All right. The delegates are chosen from the state conventions. Oh, yes. I, I'm rooting for you, Lee. I'd yeah. like to see you get it. I'd like to see you guys go, too. I think you you would be a great representative of, at least my representative. I would be proud and happy that you were there for for us. Oh, I am honored that you would say that. We, we, we appreciate the prayer. Well, and the- no doubt about it. Well, we think so much of you. Appreciate very much your calling tonight. Being a thank you, sir. You said some things that needed to be said and needed to be heard. So appreciate it a lot, really. Thanks for calling. You're very kind. God bless you. You too, Lee. Well, well, okay, let's do some of these questions. All right. Yeah, we never did get into those. I gave you never two questions did. from the Psalms. Uh-huh. Get us into the Kings. All right. In uh, First Kings, uh, I'm going to do the number one. Okay. In a famous example of Solomon's wisdom. No wisdom. Okay. In a famous example of Solomon's wisdom, two women went to court for custody of a baby they both claimed was theirs. How did Solomon decide which of the two women was the true mother of the child? Which of the two women was the true mother of this child? I, 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 I want to know who the father was. You know. Folks may remember that story. It's a fairly well-known um, story. It's preached about. It's talked about. Uh, uh, and you have a, I think you give us a kind of a different, 
a different approach to it, the whole idea. And I want you to talk about the difference between wisdom and understanding and so on. And I might say that you can find the answer in the First Kings 3.25. 3.25, all right. Mm-hmm. That's now, question you ready number for one. another question? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go right to number two. All right. Because these are interrelated. Um, what two great mistakes did Solomon make during his 40-year reign? Mistakes that led Israel to, uh, to disaster and division. And uh, I don't see that you've got, uh, we've got the verses here, but it comes in with the whole. Yeah, there's kind of the whole, the whole book, his, his entire reign and the things that he did wrong. Um, maybe someone would come up with, is there a, an individual passage that kind of names those two things? Well, it actually ties into the next one I'm going to give okay. you. Okay. What two great mistakes did Solomon make during his 40-year reign? Mistakes that led Israel to disaster and division. Uh Okay, the next one I'd like to discuss, because this is something everybody knows, but if you look at what it's about, it's almost surprising and shocking, and it really shows the Achilles heel of Solomon. Number eight. Okay. Uh, As queen of the country where Yemen exists today, I visited Solomon to witness his wisdom and the greatness of his kingdom for myself. What is the name of my country? And everybody knows this is a queen that visited Solomon. Yeah, they made a movie about it, too. Uh huh. Okay, so it's in chapter 10, and you actually find it in the first verse. But I want to tell you, it's so fascinating, because what she did is, I'll give you a hint, she actually outthinks Solomon. That's what's happening in chapter 10. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing that. What was the name of the... We don't have the name, actually, of the queen herself, I guess. Uh, I I would guess it. I bet the Jews know the name of the queen herself. But she was the queen of... And what we're asking you, what was the country that she was the monarch of this country? She came to make this famous visit. It is written, it is recorded there in the book of 1 Kings, in chapter 10. She makes this visit to Israel and meets Solomon and... It's quite impressed, actually. And like I say, of course, Hollywood made a movie about it. But uh, give us the name of the country that she came from, and we'll talk a little bit about what what was uh, what motivated her visit, what happened, and then uh, you can give us some insight about I'm kind of interested in why why do you think it was listed in the Scriptures? Why, why is her visit important enough to warrant a place in... Is it, is it just uh, because she was a queen, or is there no? A, a because lesson? if you really catch the nuances of the story, she comes and says, "Oh, you are just so smart. Can I get like a bunch of gold from you? Oh yeah, yeah, you're really smart. Can I get some more gold?" He says, "Oh yeah, here's some more. Yeah, he's so smart. Okay, well then she uh, she. Anyway, play- I got the next question. She plays him a little bit. Now right? this okay. one is going to be interesting. Okay, next question. As though the others were not. Yeah. Uh, you didn't know what was labeled number twenty-two. All right. Elijah. Elijah thought he alone served God, but the man in charge of Ahab's palace also followed God, saving the lives of a one hundred faithful prophets. Who was this man? Answer is in First Kings 18, verse 3. And if somebody would be kind enough to call in and answer 18.3, who that man was, I have a revelatory piece of information for us. All right. Now, is this the same guy that we know about? Yes. I mean, yes, yes. He's the famous one. Oh, huh. he's famous. How about it? And this is going to change people's perspective that all the books in the Tanakh, or what 
people call the Old Testament, is actually written by Jews. Oh, you're telling me this is not a Jew? I'm telling you this is not a Jew. Oh, doggone. So see, there's hope for Apaches. <laughs> All right. And That's Koreans it. and Australians. Well, put me down. I want to sign up. I'll do this. Elijah thought that he alone served God, that he was all by himself. Everybody else had turned away from God. I tell you what, there are a lot of believers that feel that way these days in our own country. I, There's a lot of them that ought to feel that way. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's true, too. But but the man in charge of Ahab's palace, uh, uh, the, Ahab was the king of Israel, the uh, northern Yeah, uh, not, not a good guy, and he had a very bad wife. And his wife, Jezebel, his wife. And you know who his wife's mother was. Yes, you do. Just say yes. His wife's oh. and and his her wife's family. mother. Oh yeah, his yeah. Father. I don't know his wife. Okay, mother. well, go, go. You got the idea. His go wife, ahead. His uh, Jezebel's father uh-huh, was. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He was the high priest of yeah, uh, yeah. of uh, of Phoenicia of yeah. of, of, of the uh, was See? it Baal worship? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So he got this guy who's we'll call him an ostensible king of Israel. Uh-huh. He marries this woman, Jezebel, and she's got her own gods, her father and family are the high... Actually, her mother is also mentioned, but you've got the idea. So She this was a woman a, with an agenda as well. Well, right? she was, and also somebody else's garden. Oh, I remember that story so, as well. This but, uh, but the point is, is the guy that worked for him is a guy that becomes very famous, and we all know he's in 1 Kings 18.3, and if we get somebody to answer that question, we'll talk about him, if that's okay. Did he actually wrote or was yes. one of the... Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, how about that? How about that? It's and he's not Jewish. And he's not Jewish. I didn't know yeah, let, let me rephrase that. He was not born Jewish. All right. But he does believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So in a very real sense, he's grafted in, I might say. He's He's a people of God. He's a convert. He's a provert, as opposed to a pervert. No. (laughs) Convert, provert. Okay. I I, I always wondered, how come there's not a book in the Bible like Proverbs, Proverbs, Uh that there's not a book called Converbs? I thought that was. I thought you were working on that book you've been writing, and that what uh, that's all about. Ah, uh, could be. <laughs> okay, give us a call, folks. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Three four zero nine five eight five. If you want to answer any of these questions, this is a great, great book, and it's a great time for us to be talking about about kings and about government and about principles that that uh, God delivered to the people of Israel about how they should be ruled and how they should. Uh, rule themselves in a sense, and we a lot of those principles became part of our experience as Americans, uh, as it written into Scripture, codicized with you know the writing of our Constitution, our founding fathers leaning heavily, as Lee reminded us from David Barton's website, even uh, WallBuilders dot com. You can read about this. You can see how heavily influenced our founding fathers were by the Scriptures and by the biblical worldview, and how far we have wandered from that. And to the point that, like, like, uh, like Solomon here, we're on the verge of, in our great wisdom, we're on the verge of destroying uh, this wonderful. Oh, let's great talk about chamber. that in a moment. About on the verge of wisdom. On okay, <laughs> all right, you can do that. Well, let's go to our phones right now. We've got another caller. Uh, Tammy is calling in. We'd like to hear from the the um, the feminine side of our audience. Tammy, I'm glad to talk with you. Glad to hear your voice. I was, I was coming to answer Jacob's question about 
<clears throat> Elijah and the uh, First Kings eighteen three. Elijah the Tishbite, right? Right. Elijah thought he alone served God, but the man in charge of Ahab's palace also followed God. And he was surprised to know that uh, when they met. But uh, this man saved the lives of a hundred faithful prophets. What was this man's name? Obadiah. The famous, the prophet. Ah. Obadiah. And I had no idea that he was not a... Not Jewish. Well, he's not. Tammy, do you know what people he came from? No, I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, that's okay. We happen to have the By the way, here. that bell ring is for you, Tammy. I, I'm trying to get my yeah, sound that's effects a, into action. That's here. the 19th floor. It's yeah. uh, blankets, oh, women's wear. You know. Men's wear. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Uh, so, Obadiah, uh, and you don't, what did you ask her? I said, what group of people did he come from? Oh, that would be a good question. Oh, Obadiah. yeah, it's a good question. Well, let's, uh, perhaps we'd like a good answer. <laughs> you know, one of Daniel's, one of David's ancestors, uh, wasn't David's father named Obed? Uh, Obed, uh-huh. Was there any connection between the That's name Obed the father and of, Obadiah? of uh, Jesse, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, but no, a different guy. The different guy. Oh, okay. But an oh, interesting yes, point, do. nonetheless. I just wonder if their names yes, were. Yes, I do. Yes, ah, I do he does. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. He came from Shechem. Okay. That, and, and well, what do we know about Shechem? Well, that's the place of his birth, anyway. Okay. Uh, uh, and who remember are, what happened in Shechem? Yeah, with Dina and yeah. uh, the brothers. The brothers mm-hmm. killed the whole village, uh, and all the males in the village, because the prince... Right, but, uh, we're getting off, but we're getting off track, so what was the answer? The was there an important thing to Shechem, or not? Yeah, well, Shechem, the group of people that settled there and did this kidnapping of Dina and everything that you're referring to, is... Do you have a drum roll? Uh, uh, okay. He is an Edomite. He's a descendant of Esau. Oh, really? Yes, that's where the Shechem folks come from. So Obadiah is actually an Edomite. Yes. Wow. And so here and now, this is the big bonus point. Has everybody prepared themselves? That surprises me like crazy. I mean, well, you're gonna be more surprised about this. Now he did. As we've been reading in First Kings, he did believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in a sense, that makes him a grafted in, if you uh-huh. like, Jew. Uh-huh. Okay. okay, a people of God, as you like to say. He's uh-huh. a real people of God. All right, now, the funniest thing in the story is where Elijah tells him, hey, go talk to King Ahab and tell him that you found me. And he says, oh, no, what have I done to make you so mad? Ahab's going to kill me. He says, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to defeat Ahab and that group today, so go tell them. So he goes and tells them, and Ahab is... So Obadiah goes and tells Ahab, Obadiah, I found the and, and what happens is he, he gets that great blessing because Obadiah, this descendant from Esau, has actually saved 100 prophets, as you say in your question, in uh-huh. a cave he brought them food and water. He saved them. Now, he for that blessing... He was rewarded, shall we say, by God to write the book of Obadiah, Obadiah. in the Bible. And, he, and so you might say, if you like the word to convert, you can say it. But he actually, he is that guy. Well, I'll be, and, and he preaches those messages. I have to think through what I know about the book of Obadiah, his primary message and so on. Uh, but did he, oh, Obadiah spoke to the people of Edom. Yes. 
His message is Hebrew. Oh. Yes. You're, oh, you're, you're, are you putting it together now? Because who is he writing to in the book of Obadiah? Hey, go get him, Soapy. Stand aside, Sergeant. Uh, I'll take the bullet. How about that? Can you can you smell my hair burning, Tammy? I'm, I'm, my brain is <laughs> in full. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us tonight. Anything on your mind these days? Uh, what are you thinking as we look at all this mess of our American politics today? Do you do you see any scriptural? How about I answer another question? Another question? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have some other questions. Do you know what country this queen that visited uh, Solomon, do you know what country she was from? She was the queen of... Well, it's the queen of Sheba. Sheba. But I'm not sure what Sheba is. I don't either. I think it's the modern, (laughs) what we know as Yemen today, which is... Very interesting because our, our lady Hillary just had some involvement over there in Yemen and pretty much turned it over to the um, the, the terrorist factions over in that part of the world. But uh, yeah, that was it. Yemen uh, was a not modern country, at least. She visited Solomon in chapter ten of the book of First um, Kings, and I've always I really have always wondered why the story was included. It. Uh, I'm beginning to discover through Jacob that none of the stories are just included accidentally. That that there was a reason that that Samuel would write this into the history uh, of the kings of of, of Solomon. I'm sure the Jews have a theory about that. Maybe they just had this much space left in the story of kings. And I said, anybody got a story there that's four pages long? Here's an article about Uh, this visiting queen we could throw in there. Actually, let's look at chapter 10, verse 1. Okay. That Queen of Sheba had heard of Solomon's fame, which she, uh, he, and she reflected on his honor, and God's name. She came to test him with riddles. Now look what's saying. She came to test him with riddles. Riddle me this, Solomon. Yeah. So what she's doing is she was very, very smart. She recognized, and this is a great segue into the wisdom of Solomon. Now remember, I know in our culture that it's all wisdom is the best, but that's not really biblical. It always goes in this order. Are you still there, Tammy? Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, sir. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, You're the first one that's ever called him sir. I think just overwhelming <laughs> me, Tammy. All right. So here's uh So it goes in this order. Always, always, always in the Bible. Okay. Wisdom. That's a spark that comes from God. Understanding is when you start getting how to work it. And when you know how to work it, it's knowledge. Knowledge is better than it's the last thing you do with it. It's like you're going to learn algebra. I show you something. The light goes on. That's wisdom. I start working with it. I begin to understand it. When I can do it, I have knowledge. That's why Adam knew Eve. Wisdom, understanding, yes. knowledge. In fact, in the Jewish world, there is an acronym that actually incorporates the three Jewish world word. Of all three of those, it wouldn't make any sense to tell you what the three Hebrew words are, but there is an acronym, and it's actually made up of those, the first couple letters of those three words in that order. Now, if you remember real back, because uh, Solomon prayed for something. He prayed for wisdom. Isn't that correct? Uh, it, it looks that way. Uh, chapter 3. Yep, okay. chapter 3, Kings. So, and God said, well, I'm going to give you what you prayed for, wisdom, and I'm going to throw in some understanding. But he said, a heart, a wisdom and heart, understanding heart. Then we're immediately told the story about these two women who are prostitutes. And what he's got is he got wisdom. 
he understood love because he asked for a heart. So he's got love. He understands love. But he never really developed understanding, and he certainly never got to the level of knowledge. Well, can you stay with us, Tammy? For just a a minute or two through the break, I'd like for you to also answer that question and solve that riddle for us about these two women who came to Solomon. It was was used as an example of his wisdom. Uh, They both went to court for custody of this child, this baby, that they both claimed was theirs. and And Solomon decided which two of the women was the true mother. Maybe you could tell us how that happened, and we'll come back with Tammy. And with your questions and calls as well, 340-9580. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And Jacob, and Jacob, don't forget to Jacob. Jacob there. Soapy Dollar and Jacob here on the and Bible Live quiz show. And Tammy, for that matter. Tammy is joining us, stayed on with us through the break. And hopefully, I was thinking, Tammy, Tammy maybe you could do, uh, you could answer a couple more questions and move us further along here in our questions about the great book of First Kings, uh, this this tumultuous time when uh, after Saul, 40 years, and then David came and the country rose to the apex of its power and influence and wealth and prosperity uh, under the rule of King David. And then when he dies, uh, Solomon, his son by uh, uh, Bathsheba, comes and takes the throne. And with great promise, great potential, great wealth, great influence, he starts well. But he doesn't finish well. He gets off track. And uh, we read, we hear from him next in the book of Ecclesiastes as an old man. And he talks about the things, the lessons he's learned. And he kind of has a little bit of a, you know, come to Jesus sort of experience. You know, he, he kind of gets his heart right with God and he realizes that. Are we talking about Solomon? Well, I know. I said come to Jesus. Oh, I was going to say, I, you must have a different version than what I <laughs> Well, it, you know, they talk about, you know, people had a come-to-Jesus meeting, uh-huh. you know, sort of a time of repentance and, and understanding what you did wrong and accountability. Well, it looks like Solomon had something like that in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, but anyway, that's um, he's a disappointing figure in the sense that great potential and wasted potential that that, that uh, we see in his life. But now, uh, I forgot where we were. I was going to ask you the question about these uh, the famous example, Tammy, of Solomon's wisdom. These two women went to court. They were suing for the custody of this baby that they both claimed was theirs. How did Solomon decide which of the two women was the true mother of the child? And I'm assuming Tammy is still on the line with me, right? Right. <laughs> Good. Can you uh, unscrew the inscrutable there for us? Tell us about how, how did Solomon figure out which of the two women was the true mother? Sure, but Solomon says, bring a sword to me. And they brought the sword, and he says, divide the living child in two, and give the half, give half to the one mother and the half to the other. Certainly. And then reasonable. the woman, <laughs> yeah, right. And then the woman whose child was the, the living one spoke to the king, to Solomon, 
for she, I'm sorry, I'm reading, for she was deeply stirred over her son, and she said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, he shall be neither mine nor yours, divide him. And then the king said, give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him, she is his mother. And when all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had handed down, they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. Are you impressed? I've always been impressed by that story. I, mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of always. showed, to me, it showed a great deal of, I guess, what I would call wisdom. I'm not sure. Uh, have you always been impressed by it as well, Tammy? I mean, is Yes, it, yes, yes. Well, Jacob kind of pours water on my little fervor for Solomon's wisdom. Uh, well, how do you view okay. that? Is that a good thing? Well, let's, let's begin right here. All right. He says... <laughs> In verse uh, chapter 3, verse 9, Solomon prays to God and says, Give your servant a it says, understanding heart or wisdom. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's really technically meaning a sensitive heart to judge your people. Uh-huh. Now, down in verse 12, God answers his prayer. And he says, I will do as you request. I hereby give you a wise and understanding heart. Notice what's missing. Knowledge. Knowledge. So, then the very first uh, scenario we see, a little vignette, we have the two women coming. And now, Tammy, what was Solomon able to see? What was he looking for based on those Ah, I get your comment earlier. Uh Uh-huh. Tammy, you got it. Um, uh, what was Solomon's tip? What was his? What was he looking for when he solved this problem? The love, the love that the oh. woman had for her child. Amen. Yeah. He said, "I want." So God gave him a sense of an understanding heart. So he knew to look for love. That's what he did. So between the two mothers, he was looking, sounding them out, and he could tell the one that would rather have the child alive, but in somebody else's hand, was the real mother. So whether it's not the mother, would say, I don't care, kill him. That's so smart. he was I, able to smart yeah. spot love. Okay. Now, as you go along and look at the development of Solomon, you will find as he goes on. He's he, an expert on love. That's all he knows. He has no discernment, very little understanding, and he certainly never develops love. I mean, I'm sorry. I apologize. Not knowledge. In fact, so when the Queen of Sheba comes... Stay in your microphone there. Okay. Well, so when the Queen of Sheba comes, she spots his little foible. And she says, you know, you're an expert on love, but she also recognizes he just doesn't have much understanding or judgment, and he certainly doesn't have the knowledge. All he's got is uncontrollable love. And to cut this short to the chase, she ends up kind of taking advantage of him. She kind of outsmarted him because she recognized love is all he had with nothing else. And then how does he end up? He ends up uh, going so far in love with not any understanding and certainly no knowledge. Never has he developed knowledge. And actually he ends up with having, uh, I'm looking for the note here. Oh, gosh. Between wives and mistresses. Wives. He, uh, well, totally, uh, about a thousand. About a thousand, yeah. So, now, Six, the re- 600 wives and 400 concubines. Uh, yeah, something like that. Okay. 
Yeah, but okay, it was seven seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. All right, but look at that is the illustrating something for you. They're illustrating that his love without any understanding and without knowledge is just totally destructive and is totally out of control. So he has 700 wives, 300 concubines, and among his wives he marries, it tells us in chapter 16 through 18, that he marries all the people. God said, don't marry those women. He even marries Pharaoh's daughter from Egypt. And, he, and the Ammonite uh, uh, is not supposed to marry, he does. He can't control one passion, and that's love because that's all he wanted. But he never got to understanding, and he never, ever got knowledge. You'll not find that he's got the last requirement. Isn't that fascinating? So Shiva really kind of worked him. <laughs> She's a player. Uh, she got to him right there, and uh, and she got away with a lot of gold uh-huh. and got back yeah. safe to her own country as well. Well, uh, I'm interested in Tammy's uh, thought and response and understanding. I, I'm I'm kind of thinking all kinds of things, uh, Tammy. About in the first place, I'm wondering a little bit what what was the concept of love. Don't, we kind of have the same problem today, right? We we are so enamored in our culture of oh, if two people love each other, that should you know, no matter what gender. What, well, uh, let me just words, read this. Don't we do the, the same? Yeah, thing? this is a one verse that sums it up. Okay, chapter eleven, First Kings. King Solomon loved many foreign women, in addition to Pharaoh's daughter, uh, Ammonite, uh, Edomite, a Sidonite, a Hittite, and with all the ones that he was not to mar- intermarry with. And God says that he had said, do not intermarry with them. Do not let them intermarry with you, lest they turn your heart away. So all he had was unrestrained love. And if you have nothing but compassion, you'll not be able to make judgments. You'll have no knowledge. But my question is, is, is uh, I'm Joe, Joe Listener out there, Joe American, normal Oh, we think love is everything. Love, love is all you need, as the Beatles said, and we we have it all. Yeah. So we must be talking about a different understanding of. Are we just talking about kind of romance or eros or you know sensuality or is? Give me because everybody's thinking, well, love. There's nothing wrong with love. Love is good, you know. But uh, I guess that's one of the problems we have in English. We only have one word. I love my dog. I love. Um, hot dogs and I love my wife and I love our country. We use the same word for every different kind of emotion and every different kind of relationship uh, and of course that's that could be a real problematic. Is that kind of the what you're running into there with Okay. Loving is a good positive you, Are you familiar with the Latin term reducto ad absurdum? Re, reducto Ad absurdum. Only lawyers know that. Yeah, when you take that and you reduce it to its absurdity, that's what you end up with. And that's why we're being told he married all these women, 700 and 300, and it's reducing it to an absurdity to illustrate for you that he had no understanding. He certainly had never developed knowledge. He couldn't control his passion. Let's suppose I say to you, and this this touches on some politics, Let's say that there's a country in, uh, what we'll call it, uh, Guatemala. Uh, let's call it Guatemala. Okay. And it, they're Guatemala. really, really oh. successful. And they have a great lifestyle. And they've built that up. And we, you, me, everybody says, hey, let's go down there. The whole world, because of their compassion to take us in, 
They can't accept everybody in the world because they have no restraint on that passion, that compassion, that love. They have to have it balanced. That's what's going on here. And so, in the name of love, we're wanting to receive all of these people from all over the world. Are you in Guatemala? I use Guatemala. Uh, oh, so we moved into uh, our immigration policies as well, all in the name of love. That, I guess that highlights kind of the the application I was making to what uh, Jacob's talking about in the life of Solomon. Is uh, we we seem to be suffering from the same. Uh, disease here uh, in in our country in these times. So are we overestimating this this kind of a twisted view of love and what it means and it, to our own demise? Uh, how do you hear it, Tammy? Give me some of your, your little bit of your response. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think probably Jacob's right that <clears throat> that the love is taken to the the point of absurdity. It's okay to love anybody and everybody and even if you because the other part of that statement said that um, he did justice well you can't do right I don't <laughs> think you can't take everybody in the world in um, yes and still, and still be just one I was just reading too it said it says in 11 Kings where Jacob was reading that the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord. Bingo. Who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him that he wasn't supposed to. Ah. He wasn't supposed Bingo. to marry all those wives. Thank because you. you've been this and, and you've not kept my covenant and you haven't kept my statutes, which I've commanded you, I'm going to tear your kingdom away from you and I'll give it to your, to your servant. We Christians say amen. I guess the Jewish... Uh Folks say bingo, right? Is that you? Yeah. you mm, the I think Jewish the Jewish ones say amen. Amen, you. Amen, you. Okay. Thanks okay. a lot. I really do appreciate you calling in, Tammy. That's Those why the Constitution insights. has both checks and balances. When you write check, right. you get your balance, right? right? <laughs> oh my lads, <laughs> uh, it never ceases. Tammy, thanks for calling. I, I don't want to hold you up any longer. But anything else you'd like to add or say, or maybe? Well, I was just. I was going to say, Jacob Jacob was talking about um, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And in, in Hebrew, maybe some of the Jewish listeners, they know it. They know the Hebrew words, which is chukma, bina, va is, is an, uh, and knowledge is da'at. So it's chukma, bina, va, da'at. Actually, that's correct. You put wow. it together, and it's a Hebrew word saying what? Habad. 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 Habad? Huh? Is that a name I should recognize? Yeah, it is. That's why I'm like repeating it. and smiling at you, Sophie. <laughs> All right. And, and like so it's, got, it's wisdom, understanding. Thanks, Tammy. Appreciate your call tonight. Good to hear from Tammy. She always has some insight. Smart gal, that Tammy. I, I enjoy hearing from her. You can give us a call as well, 340-9585. John, do we have another caller? I thought you uh, were holding up... Sign while I go. No, no, no one right now. So if you give us a call, you know, here's, the phone line is here's open for you. 340-9585. Yeah, I'll see if I can find this real quick. Um, there's something right here. Okay. This is something I really think it's helpful. All right. Uh, in Chapter 2 of 1 Kings. Uh-huh. And I, now this is God, you know, and David telling Solomon, and by, you know, what he should do. Listen carefully to this, if you'd be so kind. Uh, verse 3, keep 
the charge of God your Lord. Keep his ways, keep his statutes, commandments, laws, testimony, as written in Moses' Torah, so that you succeed in whatever you do and wherever you turn. God will keep the promise he made concerning me. Quote, If your sons are careful to walk before me faithfully, follow the Torah. If your descendants, yeah. Well, actually the word is son, but we can say descendants. I can look okay. at that. All right. uh, with all your heart and soul, your descendants will never cease from the throne. Now I want to point out something. This is the key of what that's talking about. You may have, David may have, because we know there are some pretty bad kings in the book of Kings, right? Yes, there are. Uh-huh. But yet, many of them, not all, many of them are descendants of yes. King David. David and Solomon. Okay, so you can be a biological descendant, perhaps have a claim to the throne, but you will not be a son of David and a son of God. You must be biological of David and follow the Torah to be a son of God. That's the key distinction. So I can have, David can have a child that's a radical. He's uncontrollable. He doesn't follow God's laws. Okay, so this, let me clarify, this is actually in chapter 2 of 1 Kings. It's uh, God talking to David, not to Solomon now. Uh-huh. But he's talking today. If you do this, the Lord will keep you his promise he made to me. He told me. Oh, uh, the Lord told me. So David is telling Solomon this. Yeah. It, if you're earlier, living, earlier God tells David. Now David is repeating it to Solomon. It's being repeated verbatim so that you and I get it. I get it. Okay. All right. I, I, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I hope I didn't make you lose your train oh, no, of thought. No, it's, no, you go right ahead. No, I was kind of wanting. I, I want to get make sure I was unfollowing with you. Right, so right. what? What lesson is there? There, what, okay. what is? Look at the. He's. He, you may be a biological descendant of David. You may have a claim to the throne, but that does not make you a quote unquote son of David or son of God. You have to be two things to be a son of David, a son, not a descendant. Uh huh. You have to be a son of David, son of God. That requires two things. One. You must be a biological descendant of David. Two, as it says right here, you must keep my Torah. And it actually uses the words, uh, as written in Moses' Torah. It's actually telling you, and it says, your son. And then it says, now your descendants will never cease from the throne. So you've got to separate those and demarcate. But you've got a descendant that may be a lousy guy. He may be a biological descendant, but he is not, because he's not fallen to is not a son of David, he's not a son of God, he's just a descendant. It takes following Torah to be a actual son, plus being a biological descendant. Very interesting. I like I that. I thought you might like that. I do like it. I, I, um, now, let me give you kind of my... Typical kind of Christian Gentile sure. sort of understanding. Sure. I hear that and I think, wow, that's interesting. That's because, in a sense, that's what I feel has happened by my faith in Messiah, uh, in in the God's redemptive plan. What God has done is He's kind of made all of us who are by faith place our faith in Messiah. He's made all of us uh, Torah keepers. In other words, by 
uh, by my faith I've been I've been forgiven of my not keeping Torah, my sin, my uh, my iniquities and transgressions. But at the same time, I imputed I am imputed the righteousness mm-hmm. of of Messiah Himself, so that in Christ I have become a law keeper. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I am imputed. I am given. I am clothed in His righteousness. So, in a sense, I have become. Uh, I do. I see. I see that hand there, and I'm going to go to it. We got more than one call online. All right, let's go to line. Who's on line one, John? Thomas. Thomas is on line one. Let's go and hear from Thomas. Thomas, this has triggered a thought or a response in your mind and your heart. We're talking about the Book of First Kings and a little bit about politics, and it's it's. Ramifications for a society, for a culture, and for individuals. We talk about values. We talk about love and blah, blah, blah. A lot of things unbridled here uh, in the scriptures. It's a pretty interesting, makes the book of First Kings a very interesting and relevant book for us. What's on your mind tonight? What What are you hearing, and what what did it stir up in yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, Thomas. Uh, we guys were talking about uh, one being a true son of David and one being a... Okay. Yeah, good way and, uh, it. We can live with that. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the, in the book of Hebrew, it talks about the only ones, whether you're in the New Testament or, or the Old Testament or the New Testament, the only line that belongs to God is a line that comes uh, part of a promise. He has to be a child of the promise. He has to follow Abraham, Isaac. The promises. Abraham got his uh, righteousness from God through his faith. Uh-huh. And, and we have to be people of faith, people that are obedient, because God says about Abraham, I know that Abraham will teach his children to follow my rules and, and obey my laws. That's, that's the difference between everybody in the world or anybody in church that... You know, it gets me a tumble of the title of being a Christian. Whether you're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, you have to be a child of the promise. Because the promise was made that the seed of Abraham, which is Jesus Christ, Amen. would be, be the ones that would inherit the things that belong to God. I like your line of thinking, Thomas. That's kind of where I was headed in my, yeah, my yeah, that's thinking that's, that's there. What I, I heard you say stuff like that. It's some, I, I was kind of headed in that direction. It kind of That's what lit up in me when I heard uh, uh, I know we're only short on time, so Soapy, Thomas, I got something for you. Um, in um, doing this from memory, uh, Genesis 26, verse 5. Okay. Uh, do you have a Bible handy, Thomas? I do. Um, I'm getting no? to it. Genesis okay. 26, 5. I think that's right. Okay. And... Uh, what does that say, Sophie, if I'm right? Okay. Uh, let's, I hope it's the passage you're looking for. I hope so. Up. Verse 5 says, Now, uh, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. Ah. Now, Sophie, you just read that. Okay. Hey, Thomas, did you catch that? Abraham yes, listened to me yeah. and obeyed. Now, what's, okay, if I'm a blush. Okay, but first blush, what's wrong? I'm only hearing because of time. Uh, first, at first blush, what should be your response? What's wrong with that verse? What's wrong with it? Yes, at first blush, and I'm only rushing because of time. I apologize, Thomas. But okay, at yeah. first blush, what's wrong with that passage? 
So through your descendants, Abraham, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. Uh, what's wrong with that? The only people that are going to be blessed are descendants of Abraham. Uh-huh. Well, Romans chapter 10 says that just because they're descendants of Abraham, that doesn't mean that's part of the promise. Okay, that's, and that's a great point, but perhaps just sticking really quickly to the point, what's wrong with that? And I'm joking when I say wrong. What he's yeah. saying is, he's saying, he's because Abraham, you kept my Torah, my laws, my commands. And that's in Genesis. Generally, the public, especially Christians, are taught that the laws of God were given in Exodus. Oh, this yeah, is Genesis. Right. Of course. Ab- this wait, is wait, wait. So this is Genesis. And yet, yes, Abraham knew God's Torah. This is before the the what we think of as the writing of the uh, Torah. The, yeah. by and Moses. so if you ask the average person, when was God's laws given? They say, oh, well, in Exodus. But obviously, that's one place, and there's two or three others, that Abraham knew God's Torah, his oh, laws. So the point is... It existed so, so they before into, it got an exodus. So they didn't just come into existence on Mount Sinai when God gave the his laws. Absolutely. That was a reminder and a new teaching and re-giving to the Jews who were coming out of Egypt because they've been oppressed. I'll be. So, yes. And there's two or three places where it's just like that. So Abraham knew God's Torah before they were given to the Gentile people coming out of bondage. From Egypt. Thomas, I don't know about you, but actually that is a new thought to me. I I, I thought that the law was given at at, at uh, Mount Sinai and Sinai and that and that, that's where it first but I see this passage in Genesis and he talks about Abraham keeping God's laws and commands. Yes. Uh, I'll have to give really it some thought. Uh, is that a first yeah. time for you? What What do you think about that? Hey, thank yeah. you, Thomas. Thanks for calling. I'm sorry about rushing. Okay, thank you. You bet, Thomas. Good to hear from you. I wish I could hear his response to that. That was, that was that's an interesting thought, Jacob. I think. Well, I just tonight. read it. I didn't read. I didn't write it. You didn't. You didn't. All right. Thanks, folks, for joining us for the Bible Live Quiz Show. It's been a real thrill to be with you, as it is every Sunday evening at the same time. Hope you'll join us next Sunday as well. Good night. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.